Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. This is episode 119. I'm Art Regner. As always, the Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. You know, it's summertime. We just got past that huge heat wave, and I know that when the day was over, what better way to just shake off the heat than with a nice, cold, frothy Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings, but we always ask that you drink our premium beer responsibly. With that said, let's bring in our guest on episode 119. It's Sean Horkoff, no stranger. He is really, he and I think Kevin Allen from USA Today are the two guys that have been on the most uh, in these 119 episodes, but it's always great to have Sean on, the director of player development for the Red Wings, as we talk about uh, some of the uh, draft picks, recent draft picks, some of the prospects, and of course get a wrap-up on development camp that concluded a few weeks ago. Sean, thanks for doing this. Always appreciate it. No problem, Mark. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, I guess my first question is this. Every time I've always heard from the Red Wings scouts that once they draft a player, they hand them off to you. To You know, that, that's Clary and Horkoff's deal. Then, yep. But what I'm kind of curious about, when, when they're drafting players, let's go back to Vancouver, and they call, uh, you know, Moritz Sider, uh, do you then... Look at his scouting report. Are you familiar with him? How does or do you wait till you see that eleven that list of eleven guys and then kind of maybe do your homework on them individually? Um, no, realistically, I mean at the draft. Once we get these guys, obviously we, we you know we sit there and and try to kind of put put a list together of where they play. Um, you know, sometimes we sometimes we, we get lucky and have seen them play at, at games that we were at this year. Uh, but most of the time, even if we have seen him, it's going to be limited viewing. So most of the time, that's the point when Dan and I will both sit down and we'll start kind of hashing out, figuring out exactly where these guys have played and try to figure out what our schedule is going to be, especially for the first half of the season and, and try to figure out where we're going to go to try to, you know, to maximize our viewings on these guys. So when you look at it, Sean, because I know you know you've and, and we we you know in episodes past you've talked about even as a player you know you were always in on the latest trends and training methods. So yeah. I, I'm kind of curious. Do you have a a set plan for everyone at development camp, regardless of where they were drafted or regardless of uh, you, you know what systems they come from? I don't know if it's so much do you try to teach them a Red Wing way, and then the more familiar you get with them, then you develop maybe more of an individualized training plan for them. Yeah, I think the way it works with us usually is, is how we like to do it is when we first get them, you know, the draft, now we've changed the development camp where it comes right after the draft now. So we literally draft them. Well, we draft one person. Or who, the first round's obviously on Friday. The rest of the draft goes Saturday. Um, we have them, you know, our first meeting is Monday night in, in Detroit. So we get them right away. Uh, realistically, what we try to do in development camp is, is it's, it's all about teaching. We want to expose these kids to every single angle and every single thing that they can do um, to make themselves better you know all the our, our main focus when we first see them is what are you guys doing this summer and here's what the pros are doing uh we go into everything from nutrition to sleep uh, to recovery you know we have on this year we had an on-ice skating coach from uh, daniel broberg from 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 sweden so we try to do some some someone new that comes in every year keep up with new trends uh, on top of that you know brandon narado there who's a you know skills guy for us uh we have 
Brody and Tracy Tutton that came in for for skating coaches. So really, there's there's not an aspect that we don't try to cover, you know, in that first week of development camp. And then at the end of development camp, we sit down, we have meetings with each and every one of them, and we talk about the summer. Where are they training? Who are their skating coaches? Who are their skills coaches? Who are their strength coaches? Um, and then really, we just formulate a plan for each and every one of them. You know, we put them through a lot of testing when they first come in on, on Tuesday, the very first day. They do a lot of on-ice and off-ice testing. Uh, we go through their numbers with them. We show them exactly where their deficiencies are, their biggest areas in need of improvement. Um, we go through the on-ice skating. You know, maybe it's forward skating. Maybe it's backward skating. Maybe it's pivoting. Maybe it's their quickness. Maybe it's their first three steps. Maybe it's uh, mobility and agility. Whatever it is, we kind of give them a blueprint of exactly what they have to work on um, for the rest of the summer. And then really what that's when Dan and I both, we take the rest of the summer to try to just work on their, you know, on that aspect with them. And then once the season starts, especially with the new guys, now we formulate a plan. We want to go and see them. We want to get as many touches on these guys as we can, spend some time with them, you know, um, you know, both on and off the ice, get to know them, build relationships. Um, and then really by that point, really usually by January, we have a pretty darn good assessment of who these guys are and exactly what they got to work on. Uh, I, I'm kind of curious. Hawken Anderson at the draft said something that one of the most important things that the Red Wings look at is compete level. Ba- based on what you saw at development camp, is compete level? Did you see compete level in each and every one of these players? And or is that something that you can teach a player? Or is that one of those intangibles that they either have it or they don't? Um, most, most of the time it's something that they either have or they don't. It's something that's very hard to teach. Um, but to your first question, we don't really put these kids in that many situations to get a good sense of what they're, what they're, they, they, they play one red and white game. They play one five on five game, right? The whole week. So, um, you don't really get a good sense of what their compete is. You have to see them. Plus they're playing against teammates. They're not in the shape that they would be. They're not, you know, they're not in mid season shape. Um, yeah, they're nervous, you know. They're they're not comfortable, so you don't really get a, a a great sense of of what's built up inside of them. Even though some do. I mean, you see Gruy, you know, he, he or Greve, or you want to say it, you know, he, he got into it a little bit there uh, with Soderblom in, in in the five on five game. So you can see, obviously, he came as advertised, but. Uh, for, for most of them, you have to kind of wait till the season and watch them against their peers whenever leagues are playing to get a good sense of that. You know, it's really funny because I, I liked your comment about uh, Soderboom and, and Gueve uh, getting into it. I was doing the live stream at the time, and you said exactly what I said on the air was, wow, you never see two Swedes going at each other, but, but yeah. they, they, act, they actually did. But I guess, I mean, certainly... Uh, you know, you don't want them to shy away from that stuff. If but it, and that just sort of happened naturally. I mean, you could see a compete level uh, between those two players. Although I do believe Soderboom was kind of stunned that you know he was punched at, but still, you know. He, <laughs> well, it's a good sign for us. You know, I think a lot of times Swedes and uh, are viewed upon as soft, and that's not been the case. Uh, especially the, the especially in Detroit, and just the good ones in the game in general. I think Peter Forsberg, when I played, was his, was his. He was dirty and physical as a god. You know, I mean, you look, you look at Detroit with, I mean, listen, Henrik Zetterberg, Nick Cronwall, you know, Lidstrom. I mean, these guys, you know, you, now fighting doesn't mean grit. You know, grit means, you know, compete, compete on pucks. Like, if there's a loose puck going in the corner, who's coming out with it first? You know, like, that's what compete is. And, and yes, every, every player at the NHL, 
needs to have a, a certainly an, a, an element to that, but all the elite players have it. There's not an elite player in the game that doesn't have a huge compete. When we, uh, just to kind of maybe quickly wrap up, and then we'll get into specific players, uh, how did, you know, this was your third development camp. Uh, There seemed to be, as you said, I think, you know, as each camp, there seems to be more specialized uh, instructors on the ice. how would you assess it? Were you, were you pleased with it? And obviously, the thing I've always liked about you, Sean, is that you adapt and you grow as well. You can learn something every day, and you certainly do. And I, I'm kind of curious, was this, uh, I don't want to say, hey, was this the best camp so far? But um, what were your impressions as you walked away on that, that Saturday after the Red and White game of uh, Development Camp 2019? Yeah, I was really happy with it. I think, you know, that's what... You know, we strive for every year is to make it the, de- the best development camp in the game. Um, and in, for, in order for that to happen, you have to have, first off, the support of management because um, to do that, it costs money. You know what I mean? Right. And, 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 you know, and secondly, another thing for us is it's been a little bit more difficult as of late because we've accumulated all these draft picks. So I think there was 47 players at development camp this year. And that is a large number. That's, a, that's actually an, an abnormal number. Some teams have as low as 25 I bet you we are amongst the top. so that makes it that makes it harder as well. You know, it's not easy to um, to, to coordinate, especially when you're only using one sheet. When I my very first year up at Traverse City, we had two sheets, made it a little bit easier. But uh, you know, when you're just using Belfort, it makes it a little bit harder. Um, but I, I left there really happy. I mean, talking to everyone, obviously Steve and Pat Verbeek from another organization, and um, which they do well with their young players, uh, trying to get feedback from them on what we, you know, what they thought about it. You know, they loved it. They thought it was great. They gave me a little bit of feedback on some certain areas and some timing of things. And, you know, why don't you try this or try that? So it's been nice having new guys come in with, a, um, you know, a, a fresh a fresh look of, of what a, another successful organization is doing. So I think we did good. And you're right. Though, every year we're trying to get better. We're trying to find new people, um, you know, new ways. You know, what really, so that's that, you know, for Dan and I, and, and really anyone, and, and we both make it well known throughout anyone in the organization. If they hear or see something on the development side that they think can make our players better, please tell us, you know. And then both Dan and I will look into it. You know, we'll figure out if this is something that, that maybe we can do in development camp or if it's something that we believe in. And if it is, we'll try to add it in. You know, we brought PEP in a few years ago. Uh, Daniel Broberg, who's, you know, one of the more successful skating slash skills coaches over in Sweden, does a great job. You know, we have such a strong European presence, especially in Sweden. We thought it would be great to bring him over. Um, and that went, that was very successful and went very well as well. So, you know, we'll see what next year brings, uh, you know, has a store for us, but a lot of that stuff will come to us as the year goes on. I think next year there, I think it's 10 draft picks next year. I could be wrong about that, but I think it's still double digits uh, next year when the draft is in Montreal. So there there are obviously uh, uh, a lot of players going through the pipeline right now, and you have to have a handle on all of them. You know, you mentioned Steve Eiserman and Pat Verbeek, who came from obviously Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, neither one of them need a real introduction with Red Wing fans, certainly. Um, How different has it been for you uh, has Steve been uh, real hands-on, or does he like what he sees, or what kind of feedback have you gotten from him? Um, good feedback so far. I think that's the one nice thing about having, you know, with Steve is he played the game for so long. Um, he knows the importance of conditioning. He knows the importance of being in optimal shape. Um, you know, nowadays, 
you just can't play in the league. You, you might you might get away for a year or two, but you just can't play for any sort of time. You sure as heck can't win championships and be a, a league hockey player if you're not in elite shape. Um, so that's been an easy thing. Well, that supports you know as is our vision. Both Dan and I, you know, we we both understood that, and that's not. I mean, that's not. Ken, Ken did as well, but Steve really, really pushes on that. You know, I think Ken was, you know, he came from the, the, the mentality before that, you know, a lot of times is, you know, players will figure it out kind of on their own as time wears on and, um, you know, as, 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 as they face some adversity and, 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 you know, really with time, you kind of, you, you find the ones that are, you know, who are the ones that did figure it out? Those are the guys that really want it, you know. Well, we don't really have that that luxury anymore especially in a rebuild so we're trying to expedite that as much as possible and it started when ken was here um you know he recognized that and, and, and it started with him uh but i think even with stevie that's it's even even more so and and even and even more aggressive well you know i mean that's uh, you know and certainly i think we all uh, really like and admire ken holland and what he did for this organization uh but uh, you know seeing steve take over it's very odd for me because i've known him so long as a player and he really hasn't changed that much. I mean, his focus and his attitude. And I know he's—I don't know—I don't think he wants to go out on the ice. But I know if his—I know his mind's still there. Let's put it that way. He could go out there and still play. I think, but uh, maybe physically he couldn't do it. But uh, uh, he is uh, uh, very focused. Let me just say that. And uh, uh, and I'm not surprised. Uh, let's get let's get into the the 2019 draft. Get a, you know I, I'm not going to go through all. All um, uh, eleven picks, but the maybe the first four rounds. Ask you about each one of these guys, and then maybe a generalization you can make about uh, picks five through seven, or, or you know those those fellows as well. I don't want to short shift them, but I really want to get to some prospects uh, uh, in in the time that we have for, uh, with you today, Sean. Which I know isn't a whole hell of a lot. And again, I do uh, I do appreciate you taking this time out because uh, you know you you're a busy guy, and I know you're trying to you know probably get a little bit of R and R. During this period as well. So, uh, first off is Moritz Sider. Uh, wants to be called Mo, by the way. Mo Sider, 6'4, 205 pounds, right handed shooting defenseman. I wasn't surprised that the Red Wings went defense, and Mo Sider was moving up everybody's draft board the entire year. And I think maybe the most impressive thing, if I may interject, and Sean, then you can take it away, is that. He's 17, 18 years old, playing in a professional league against men, and is the rookie of the year. And in the world championships for Team Germany, he really didn't look out of place. So this seems to be a young man who, if he can get up there physically, may have the mental aspect of the game already down. Yeah, I mean, obviously there was, you know, I think one thing I'll point out before we go through all this is most of these, actually all the drafted guys from this class, I didn't see once last year, which is kind of normal for Danny and I, because mm-hmm. one, we have them now. So our focus this year is going to be on past drafts and obviously seeing even more of the current guys that we've drafted. So, um, you know, obviously make comments on all of them, but I think once we get into December, January, when we do this again, I'll have much more of a better um, understanding of, of where they're at and where they need to get to, uh, but but easily, you know, like I said, getting to know them for the week in development camp was great. I thought Mo came in; he's got first and foremost an unbelievable attitude. He's a happy kid, uh, very driven, wants to be, you know, wants to know what he has to work on, all aspects of it. You know, we we put these kids through the ringer really when they're here. We only have five days with them; it's long days. Uh, they're on the ice, they're off the ice training, they're doing recovery, there's a nutrition presentation every day, 
Uh, there's lots of information that comes and goes. And really, by the end of the week, you can kind of see the kids that want it, the ones that are dedicated to it because they're still hungry for it and they're still paying attention. And the ones that don't are kind of sleeping in the corner to look at their phones, right? So right. he wasn't one of them. You know, we need him to be a great player, obviously, especially where we drafted him. Um, so the attitude seems to be there. But you said it best. I mean, six three right hand shot defenseman that can skate, um, shot it well. Seems to have a, you know, an offensive mind for the game. Can pass it. There's lots of like there. You know, you said something interesting, and I and I don't want to really get off the uh, the subject here, but I I'm surprised. Are you? Do you use a cell phone kind of see who's on their phone and who's not? Because I know a certain Red Wing coach many years ago was really upset when he would see guys on the bus using their phones so yeah i mean that's listen everyone's on their phones nowadays that's i mean i played through that era where a lot of coaches were the old school you know, right. they didn't have them you know and, and, and i remember i had a coach too you know, who was just like no phones after games after losses and it was kind of like but it's not the way it works anymore you know people have <laughs> lives and families and um everyone goes on phone that's that's where they get their information so, so no i'm not like that but one thing that I make very clear to them in the opening Tuesday night or the Monday night address is, listen, we're not, this isn't about on-ice evaluation. This is about learning and, 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 and figuring out what it takes to play in the NHL, right? But do know that everyone is paying attention to everything you do at all times. You know, So does that mean, are you late for a bus? We're going to know. Uh, yeah, of course, when I walk in there and I'm watching these guys get, and I'm Lisa McDowell for us, our nutritionist, giving a nutrition presentation, of course I'm looking around to see who's paying attention. And I'm, of course I'm looking on their face, like, are they paying attention or are their eyes kind of glossed up in the corner? I want to see the guys that, because that tells me a lot, you know, uh, how bad do these guys want to be NHL players uh, and how bad do they want to learn all the information that's going to take? Because we tell them right away that, the best players in the world all go down and, and check off every one of these avenues that you're going to learn this week, and they do it to the best of their ability. So, yeah, we are paying attention at all times. Well, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting. Let's go to the second round, pick 35 overall. Antti uh, uh, Tumisto, uh, a defenseman from Finland. Uh, I, I know, again, very limited. You, saw, you didn't see him play at all, but what did you see in development camp? Nice kid, you know. Obviously, he came in. He's got good size, um, big shot. You know, I think with anyone of that size, he doesn't have a lot of weight. He's got, he's got to mature a lot more physically, um, and, and because of that, there's not a lot of strength in his legs. So when you're that big, I think there's a little bit of growing in to do in terms of balance and, and skating and that. But um, that's going to come with time. You know, a kid like that, you can see, is drafted for his potential. And, and his overall, uh, you know, future future ability. And then the, also in the second round, Red Wings had three picks in the second round at 54. Guy that, uh, you know, we, we kind of joked around, looked like uh, he came out of central casting for the Sopranos, uh, uh, Robert Master Simone. Uh, you could tell he's got that little bit of New York attitude or Jersey attitude, I guess. But uh, uh, unfortunately, he uh, suffered a fractured ankle uh, in development camp, but uh, he was at least impressive off the ice. Yeah, no, great kid. And I actually did get to see him this year playing. Uh, I was watching Ron O'Reilly play, and he played that night. Very, very impressive kid. Uh, hockey sense comes to comes to the forefront for me when I think about him, but he's just a total pack. He's a good skill uh, and really good compete. Smaller kid, you know, not a, I think he's 5'10", maybe 155 pounds. Right at this point, obviously, he knows he's got a lot of ways to go maturity-wise, but not afraid to get to the, to the hard areas, you know. And that's, if you're going to be a smaller player, when I say smaller, anyone under 5'11", 6 feet, I can, you know, 
not consider small, but just is on the smaller side. Um, but that doesn't matter. There's room in the game for, for players of that size that compete. And that word comes up again. But that compete and go to the hard areas um, because that's where the goals in the NHL are scored, right around the net. Detroit's uh, third pick in the second round, 60th overall. Another defenseman, 6 feet, 168 pounds, left-handed shooting defenseman from Sweden, Albert Johansson. Yeah, I saw Albert play this year as well when I was over in Sweden watching uh, multi-set-cough play. I mean, the first thing with him is just incredible skater. As smooth as it gets, effortless, seems to glide on top of the ice. Um, another kid, very small, I think he weighed in the camp. Um, not small height-wise, he's six six one, but he's only about 160 pounds, so he needs to put on that physical maturity and strength. Uh, that'll come with time. He's in the Forlunda program. We're very comfortable with that team over there. You know, having Christopher N. and uh, you know Gustav Lindstrom come through there. So he's in a good spot. And uh, yeah, we're we'll monitor him during the year, but something we're excited about. We already mentioned a little bit, but in the third round, pick 66, uh, Alvin Gourvet, I believe. Uh, uh, this guy is, uh, you know, the bull in the china shop, so to speak, but uh, has offensive side too. Your impressions of Alvin? Yeah, he came in and, and pretty much had, like, we, you know, we talked at, at development camp, you know, we got into a little scuffle with Soderblom, who's close to 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. He's a monster of a man. Um, so this kid came as advertised. He's got a, you know, he's, he's got big time compete, but he's got some, he's got some skill to go along with it. So uh, I think they call him a little Swedish. The, the, what my, what we had an agent over there called me and said, how's the Swedish little T-Rex doing? And I said, who's that? <laughs> That's grabbing. I said, well, geez, we haven't played any games yet, so I haven't seen any of that. But then, sure as heck, the one game we played, he gets into it with a fellow Swede. So I like seeing that. There's a good compete there. doesn't care who he's going against. He's going to play harder tonight. And uh, in the fourth round, pick 97, a uh, guy who has a little bit of a history with uh, Philip Zadina, um, and uh, is uh, Ethan Phillips. Yeah, uh, Ethan and his parents billeted Philip in Halifax when, when Phil played out there. Um, so nice to see those guys get back together again. I think they've actually, they, we had them room together at development camp, which is kind of nice. But Ethan, good, you know, really good skater, good edges, good skill, good quickness, um, can really shoot the puck. So there's a nice skill package there. Obviously, you know, with where we picked him, we're happy with that. I think, you know, he's another kid, though, with just maturity in his work is going to keep coming up. But, you know, physical maturity. You know, all these kids, they have the skill and, and that, but they, they need to get much stronger. And he's no different. He's also going to be you with Master Simone. We have Casper um, Cock and Sal there as well. So, a good, strong presence for us at BU. And uh, obviously, with assistant coach and Len Quinnell being there, who's in the organization before, we're, we're comfortable. These guys are in a good spot for development. Uh, Sean, I'm just going to read off the, the, the other uh, draft picks, the other five guys, and then maybe a generalization of uh, – uh, be, because I really do want to get to some of the prospects that, uh, that have been in the system Red Wing fans are familiar with in, in our remaining time. But in the fifth round, 128 was Cooper Moore, defenseman, 6'1", 181. Uh, we've already mentioned him, uh, six-round pick, 159 overall. Elmer uh, Soderblom, 6'6", uh, 219, a center, a right wing. Uh, six-round again, one. 77th overall, Gustav Berglund, uh, 6'2", 194, right-handed shooting defenseman. Uh, then a very interesting player that in the 7th round, 190th overall, Kirill, 
Tutayev, I believe, 5'9", 146 pounds. And then uh, a goaltender with the last pick, 191, Carter uh, Guylander, 6'5", 172. That many, with talk in Vancouver, and I don't know if you heard this, could have been the steal of the draft because people didn't think that he would be drafted. And lo and behold, the Red Wings do. But when you look at these lower round picks, uh, obviously they may have a little more ways to go than the higher round picks, but uh, what is your approach to these fellas? Uh, the same. We treat everyone the same. Once they come in our organization, um, you know, yeah, when there's a lot of players, it just means more work, but we're going to put the same amount of effort in each one of these guys. So, you know, Cooper Moore is a kid. He's actually going out to play junior hockey in Chilliwack next year. Um, the head coach there is Brian uh, Maloney, who I played uh, college hockey with in Michigan State, which is, which, which is real nice for me because I've got a good relationship with the coach, so he's going to a good spot uh, for his development, and then off to North Dakota for him at the end of next year or after next year. Uh, both Soderblom and Berglund, they both play for the Ferlanda junior teams. They're good buddies. Um, you saw Soderblom, he's 6'6". This kid's big. He actually won the testing in camp in terms of overall strength and explosion at the off-ice testing. So very, very raw, but very impressive there. Um, a kid that's really, from my understanding, I talked to some of the people over in Sweden that I've built some relationships with that's really just starting to come into his own, really raw. People can't believe where he is now compared to where he was a couple of years ago. So his development really seems to be in an uptick. So we're happy about him. Gustav Berglund, very, very good skating defenseman. Um, you know, lost to like their good size, really skates well, obviously moves the puck. You know, with Krill, I, uh, I, I don't know him at all. I'd never get to see him next year, and unfortunately, because of the, or the visa and development camp being so close to the draft, uh, he wasn't able to make it over. But uh, he had off-season shoulder surgery, and he's recovering from that right now. Um, I, think it was, I don't think it was major surgery. I think it's going to be what, two, uh, six to ten weeks or something. So... Uh, that happened about a month ago, so he's kind of recovering through that now. But a kid that's very, very skilled, smaller, skilled player, uh, big offensive upside there. And then obviously Carter. Carter came in, great kid. Um, good size, really calm in the net. I actually really liked his demeanor. Uh, I'm talking to our goalie coaches that work with them extra and go, uh, you know, during the development camp, really impressed with his work ethic, just his overall uh, mentality and the way he approached the game. Uh, lots to like there, but with goalies, you know, they take time, right? So there's lots to be work to be done there. Okay, and then uh, let's move now to the prospects list of players that have been in the system for at least a season, uh, guys that you're a little more familiar with than uh, the uh, current 2019 draft class. And uh, uh, Jonathan Bergeron, who was injured most of last year, but will be at the summer showcase for Team uh, Sweden, uh, which begins uh, on Friday of this week and runs for an entire week, ends August uh, uh, August 3rd. Uh, four teams are there. If you don't know the summer showcase, uh, Team USA has two teams in the beginning. So does Team Canada and then Finland and Sweden. Uh, if everyone were healthy, the Red Wings would have seven prospects at the Summer Showcase. Uh, they will have four that will actually be participating, and uh, uh, Bergren is one of them. Uh, Bergren, very, very impressive. If Joe Valeno wasn't there at 30th overall, I've been told the Red Wings would have taken uh, uh, Bergren, who went in the second round at 33rd. So there isn't a much of a difference between them. Where is uh, Jonathan at, and how has he uh, uh, progressed from his injury? Uh, very well. Actually, you know, he's uh, unfortunate with that injury. Obviously, it take a lot of time off with his back and really not do anything. But uh, that was fixed a long time ago. Um, you know, we've, we've changed some things overseas in Sweden with what he's doing off the ice in terms of training and, 
and rehab and just kind of when you have an injury like that it, it becomes a daily thing like in terms of core strength and extra exercises and lengthening exercises and he's been doing all of that we've been in con- you know in contact with his trainers and that over there and, and been ha- really happy with his progress he came in development camp looked really good skating as well as i've seen him in a long time um so we're looking forward to seeing where he's going to be on the prospect tournament here next week Okay, and then uh, Taro Hirose, who made a splash uh, uh, at, at being signed as a uh, college uh, uh, free agent uh, out of Michigan State, was tied for, I guess, the NCAA lead in scoring. Uh, Sean, I know we've talked about Taro a lot. I thought not this development camp, but the development camp two years ago now, I guess, in uh, 2018. I thought you were going to sign him then. He was very, very impressive. So uh, how much contact do you have with him? I know probably a lot. Or I mean, people are already penciling him in, obviously, to, to make the Red Wings. But uh, uh, that's uh, that's certainly not a given. Well, we had a lot of contact. He's actually spent the majority of the summer here. Uh, he's committed to you know staying here and, and, and doing everything he can to to get better and, and make sure that uh, you know how he finished last season continues in the next season. You know, we did. We loved him coming out of development camp, but obviously playing college hockey, you can't sign a player else he has to leave, right? So, right, right. you know, Terrell wanted to come back, play another year at Michigan State. We watched him closely. Um, obviously, coming off the year that he had, we were happy to, to be able to sign him. And he's just a very smart player, very cerebral player. He's really, really good in tight space. He's good in the walls. He's good in the power play. Um, I think a focus for us this summer is just trying to, to trying to get his release and his shot a little better, and also work on his first three steps. Because with his ability, we just want to separate him a little bit more, give him a little bit more time uh, to be creative and do what he does best. So he's been putting the work in, and I'm looking forward to to September seeing where he's at. Um, Otto uh, Kevamaki, uh, now a, you know uh, just a. A bruiser at 154 pounds, five yeah. foot eight. Uh, he will also be at the summer showcase for Team uh, uh, Team Finland. Uh, Otto uh, was kind of impressive at uh, development camp. I thought, from what I saw. Well, he's yeah, he's only 155, but I think he's up 10 or 12 pounds from where we drafted him. So that's a remarkable improvement. I think. Uh, <laughs> you know, he he played in the set last year. Um, you know, the team. I've got new management. They hired a whole new strength coach there, and I think uh, his name's Simple, and he's been very, very good for him. They put together a whole, you know, in our urging because we, you know, that was a big thing with Auto. Is it doesn't matter your skill and talent level, you have to put on not so much weight as much as strength. You know, he's got very, very good balance. He's hard to knock off the puck as it is. Uh, we just need to get some strength, more strength in his legs, so that he can, uh, you know. Be able to withstand the, not just the rigors of the NHL, but also create a little bit more separation speed. And he's doing the work; he's putting it in. I thought he looked good at development camp, and he's another one I'm looking forward to seeing this week. Right, and uh, Ryan Kuffner, who was signed along with Tara Hirose, uh, uh right out of college, uh, uh, a prolific scorer. I think Princeton's all-time leading scorer. Uh, great attitude. Somebody that you know you certainly kind of root for, I guess, secretly because uh, uh, he's so upbeat and positive. Where's Ryan at right now? It's a good spot. You know, he's 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 putting the work in. Um, you know, I don't think he's he's a flip. I think he was it was really good for him to come in and play some games at the end of the year because it gave him a sense of, of exactly what he had to work on this summer. Uh, and we've gone to work. We put a you know together a good practice, good plan for him, um, and highlighted a few things that we think he needs to work on. And and he's got a great attitude. You're right. He's a good kid. He wants to he wants to learn. He wants to get better. And he's not afraid of work. So uh, he's he's putting the work in now and. Like I said, he wants to come in and make a good impression. 
Uh, I want to ask you, I, I want to lump these players together because they, they have played for Detroit. Uh, one went back down to the minors, one's coming off an injury, and one spent the whole year with Detroit. And I'm kind of wondering, once they start playing for the big club, how much uh, contact do you have with them? I mean, I know you have an open-door policy or they can call you at any time, but Michael Rasmussen, Dennis Chalowski, and Evgeny Shvechnikov. I mean, these are, are guys that, uh, you know, are still in a development phase, certainly, but at this point, are they more geared towards the Red Wings and what the Red Wings are doing, or do you still have a hand in it? No, definitely, definitely still have a hand in it. That's the thing when you work with these guys for, for years and you build a relationship with them. I mean, once the year starts, um, you know, we, with our prospects, we do a, we do a ton of video and a ton of teaching through video with our prospects during the year. Once we, once they get to the NHL, we hand them off. I mean, that's Blash and the staff's job is to uh, is, is, is to get to work with them. But then once the offseason kicks, especially the young guys, they're constantly asking questions, you know. And I, we, you know, we both there, both, both Dan and I meet with, with Blash quite a bit, with Brandon, um, you know, with the, with the and put together a plan with these guys about what you know what Blast saw, what he thinks need to, they need to improve on, and then you know we put together a plan. Okay, here's what you got to do. And maybe whether it's your skating, whether it's your shot, whether it's your board play, whatever it is, and we'll put a plan in place. Um, and, you know, send them on their way. Whether they're training here, whether they're training in their home cities, you know, if, if they are back home, we're going to contact local people that they're working with, um, ask for video. Um, of what they're doing during you know during each practice session, just really try to stay on top and, and just make sure that every time they're stepping on the ice or every time they're stepping in the gym, there's a reasoning behind it and there's good structure. Uh, when uh, let's uh, so so you're obviously in contact with those three and uh, and, yeah. and they 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 have programs. I I'm trying to condense this a little bit. Uh, I'm just telling our audiences so they so they understand that I, I want to get through as as many players as possible because people are are very very in tune to this and uh, uh, Giovanni Smith. Uh, really started to come on the second half of his first pro season in Grand Rapids. Uh, he was at youth camp as an instructor last week at the Little Caesars Arena. You know, certainly uh, his goal is to be a Red Wing, obviously, but uh, where's Giovanni uh, at this stage in his development? I think he's in a good spot. You know, I think there's been a lot of maturity with Giovanni over the last year especially. Uh, I think that's why you saw his second half. He really became a much better pro learned how to, you know, uh, learn kind of the way you have to be in order to be successful. And, it, and you saw results in his play. So he's really dedicated himself again this summer. I spent the entire summer here, um, you know, working on, on everything from he's doing video, he's doing rehab, he's doing uh, training, he's doing uh, working with our skating coach, working with our skills coaches. So that's, you know, skating with our guys. He's doing everything he can. Um, to get better, so I'm looking forward to. to Johnny had a great camp last year, you know, for the people that followed him up in Traverse mm -hmm. City and, uh, and then in, into exhibition season. So he wants to he wants to do the same again this year and even more, and hopefully get into a few more exhibition games and and, and really make the team. That's his ultimate goal. Guy, we've talked about a lot. I know you have a good relationship with him. Uh, he's also in Detroit right now. He will be part of Team Canada at the Summer Showcase. Uh, Joe Valeno, uh, uh, certainly his goal, and I know and I think you know because we both have, have talked to him, is that uh, you know he's going to do everything humanly possible to try to be a Red Wing come September. Well, that's the, that's the goal for everyone. I mean, that's what we want. We want to hear that, right? I mean, my mm -hmm. job is to just make sure that we're, we're, we're giving them every single 
opportunity to do that, you know. So Joe's Joe's a, Joe's a great kid. You know, I think he came a long ways in terms of his overall 200-foot gameplay last year. I think that's a big reason why he made the Canadian World Junior Team as a 17-year-old. Um, you know, I think this year he's looking forward to a camp like this and having a bigger role and, and looking to be upon as one of the leaders. And, you know, we're hoping that he goes out there and does that. You know, I think our, our, our biggest thing with Joe is, yes, he skates great. He can shoot the puck. You know, he's got good offense to him. But, you know, it, he's got to learn the defensive side of the game. And we, we put a lot of pressure on that on him last year, and he responded to that and did a better job there. So uh, he's continuing, continuing to do that. And, uh, you know, like I said, we're looking forward to him because we, we need Joe to develop that, that good 200-foot game, much like, you know, Dylan Larkin did in, in, in early in his career. And uh, he's working towards that now. Uh, I want to go to Philip Zadina real quickly. I know he got out onto the ice. He had a little bit of a hamstring issue uh, once. He wanted to play, but he was kind of held back. Really want to get him uh, focused for uh, uh, Prospects Tournament and then Red Wing Training Camp come uh, uh, September in, uh, in Traverse City. Uh, but uh, uh, Zadina, certainly if Zadina can make the club with that offensive tool and that shot that he has, it'd be a benefit certainly to the Red Wings. But uh, he seems pretty pretty uh, level-headed and pretty balanced, and whatever happens, he's just going to continue to work to become the very best. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, like you said, he was hurt there in the Dalma camp, <clears throat> so only got an unlimited amount, but, you know, he's a kid. And he had, I, I think he had a good year last year. He was, if you asked him, he's going to say, well, there was highs and lows, but that's not an easy league for an 18-year-old to play in. Uh, and I thought he actually showed, showed well. Obviously, I think the best thing that the league did for him was show him the areas that he needs to work on. You know, mm -hmm. it, uh, all around compete and intensity just on the puck in general. Um, I think it showed him that, geez, these guys in the pro, it, it's nonstop. It's every single shift. It's every single night. Uh, there's no breaks. You know, I think in junior, a lot of these kids that leave junior, it's easy for them. They might score four, three, four points in the first period, and they just kind of go away. Well, you can't do that in pro hockey. First off, no one gets three or four points in the first period. <laughs> um, and secondly, if for the guys that do, they're working their tail off the entire game and, and just get rewarded for that. So, um, yeah, I think he learned it was valuable for him last year, and I think he's another guy that I think that, that, that did a lot of maturing. And I'm looking forward to to, to him making uh, you know making a, another positive step forward this year. Uh, I'm going to go to a few defensemen, Sean, and then we'll let you go. Uh, uh, a, a guy who uh, had his first year at UMass Lowell. Uh, played for Trail, the uh, uh, the Smoke Eaters, uh, uh, the year before, the year he was drafted. Kind of a late bloomer, but uh, uh, Seth Barton. Yeah, I like Seth. You know, he's a great kid. Uh, he came in for you know a little bit extra time this summer before development camp. Um, you know, he's he's back at school again this year, spending the whole summer back at school, July, July and August. So he's a kid that's he, he wants to he wants to be a pro. He's he's constantly asking questions. I'm on the phone with him or his agent actually quite a bit, um, just about structuring his summer workouts and what what you know what we feel that he needs to work on. Uh, so he he's got a great attitude. And last year he was kind of thrust into a situation. Uh, to play a lot more minutes due to some injuries early in the year, but because he played so well, he stayed in that position. And then this year, they lost a, you know, they lost a pretty big defenseman um, in Cornson on the back end there in UMass Lowell. So um, I'm hoping he can step up and play an even bigger role on, in all situations. He was signed as a free agent, uh, played in Finland, uh, played for a year for Western Michigan, then came back, stayed just for a game, and then went back home. Uh, but uh, Oliver Kasky, how 
do you, are you in contact with him? Uh, I, I know that you didn't really probably scout him so much. Maybe that might be Yuri Fisher's side of the uh, uh, of the ledger. But uh, kind of curious, what do you know about him, and where do you think he's at? Yeah, I, I didn't get to see him play. I didn't scout him, but you know, he's a guy that I was involved with, obviously in the recruiting process. Um, you know, I, I do talk to him quite a bit. You know, he's a kid that takes training very, very seriously. Um, he knows, he seems to know that, uh, you know, the importance of that at the NHL level. Um, so I talked to him quite a bit, and just, but more in terms of the off-ice stuff in the summer. How, you know, what should I be doing? Can you send me some drills? Um, this is what I think I need to improve on. You know, what sort of things should I be doing? Is there anyone around here that you can talk to? So just general things and trying to really, really get the most out of his summer. And he's been great so far. I'm actually really looking forward to seeing him play um, outside of TV and watching him on, you know, uh, online, um, which doesn't always give you the, the, the full picture. Um, you know, like I said, I, I, I don't know much about him, but I like what I see from the computer. So, but I, I'm quick to hold judgment until, you know, until I see what it's like in, in, in the real game. But, I, you know, one thing he does do is he, he really runs the power, but he always got a big shot from the point. Uh, so that's obviously something that every team covets. Uh, going to Casper Katzkinsalo, uh, I thought he had pretty good development camp. Uh, uh, sophomore season at uh, BU, uh, he established himself in the top four, I guess, for for, for the Terriers. But Casper uh, uh, seems to be a guy. I, I would assume that uh, is he progressing like you thought he would? Yeah, I think we we talked lots about this. You know, Casper would be the first one to admit that he wasn't happy with how his season went last year. But to his credit. Um, you know, he stayed in Boston. I think he's back in he is back in Finland now, but he stayed in Boston for uh, almost six weeks longer than he normally would. Training, um, he's lost a, a decent amount of weight here in the off season. He wants to get quicker. He's worked on his skating. Uh, he's gone into Sweden to work with skating coaches. He's really focused this summer. He he wants to get better. He he wants to have a big year and get back to that. Uh, you know, to be in that, 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 that prospect and the player that we all know and think he can be. So I'm looking to Casper to, to they've lost some defense and BU there, so I'm looking for his role to increase even more and have a bounce back here. When you, uh, a guy that I think a lot of Red Wing fans are really, really curious about, he's going to come over from what I understand and uh, most likely play in Grand Rapids this year, but Gustav Lindstrom, 6'2", right-handed shooting defenseman, second-round pick, uh, 38th overall in the 2017 draft. Uh, I, I know from just watching him at, I think, the Summer Showcase two years ago and then just seeing him, he seems to be a quick study and that he is progressing, I think, just like the Red Wings thought he would. Yeah, you know, unfortunately for him, he, he hurt his knee and had to miss six weeks at the, right at the end of the season. So, you know, up until that point, he was playing, uh, you know, a lot of minutes, almost 20 minutes a night, top-pairing defenseman. And then obviously he got hurt, and then he came back right when playoffs started and played limited in the playoffs, not much at all, because it was unfair for him. You know, he couldn't skate that much and just wasn't where he needed to be. And he plays in the team in front of They actually won the whole thing, so he has played a really deep team there. But um, because of that, too, you know, at development camp, he had a ton of time in terms of conditioning and, and training. So, you know, we liked what we saw, but he's really back in Sweden now working really hard. He's with a skating coach there. Um, two, three times a week on top of a, a strength coach that we have good ties with and have confidence in. So, we, you know, he's a kid that we, we hope come in, uh, hopes comes in and, uh, and, 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 you know, really, really stands out for us come September.
Now, now, Sean, I don't know if this is the, like your area, but I, I want to ask you. But I mean, he seemed to th indicate that he's going to play in North America this year. Is is that your impression too? Um, yeah, we think we. Yeah, I think that's what we think so far. Obviously, we, we we'd love for him to make Detroit, but I think more um, realistically is that you know if he doesn't make there, we we play him in our six in, in Grand Rapids and, and try to try to develop him and and and, and he'll bring him along even faster. Um, go to uh, Jarek McIsaac. He is on Team Canada's roster still for the Summer Showcase, but he's recovering from soldier or, or shoulder surgery. Pardon me. And uh, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I'd be amazed if he's playing in the Summer Showcase. But uh, it was like what a four to six month recovery. Where is he at? And I, I imagine that he's in Halifax again next year. Yes, on both parts. I think he's he's not going to be playing in Plymouth. Um, yeah, at shoulder surgery is obviously rehabbing that right now. He won't be ready for that. But um, everything's going well and, and good there. Uh, they lost in the final of the Memorial Cup last year. Obviously, he was disappointed, so he went late into or so he went into late in the season or into early June. Um, so he played lots of hockey last year. But uh, we expect him to be back. November, end of November, and in December sometime, you, you never know with his shoulders, but, you know, if he's back in time to, to, to play for the World Junior Team, great. If not, we'll focus on his second half. You know, they'll have another good team in Halifax, and then, uh, you know, we'll see where he's at and, uh, and, and talk about where we think he should play the year after, or, you know, even at the end of next season when that time comes. And the final player, and I, and I don't want to diss anybody else, and I know fans that there's a lot of players more that we haven't covered that you want to hear about, I promise. Uh, Sean is uh, <laughs> is a very affable young man, so he, he, he'll be on again, uh, and we'll talk about those players. But uh, uh, Alex Regula, I mean, he, you know, local kid, plays for London, uh, had a knee irritation is what he called it, yet it seems to be lingering because he was on Team USA's roster at the Summer Showcase. He is not going to be able to play. Uh, any concern there about, uh, about this knee or... Uh, does it just? Uh, and I know you're not a doctor, and, and but I, I, I mean, where where will he be at? Because this is a very big year for him uh, in London. Because come June first next year, the Red Wings have to decide whether or not they want to offer him a contract. Yeah, I think just for him, obviously, it's unfortunate for us that, that he got injured a bit, and for him because he misses the summer showcase and you know he missed development camp. But um, he's doing better now. He's skating again. Um, and he's just he's he, he lives locally, so it's easy for us to get some touches on him and some viewings and really kind of st structure what you know we think he should be doing to get back to full speed. But you know he's a kid; he's, he's going to play in London next year. They got a real good team. They're going to lose some guys, but um, that's not a bad thing because it should be a good opportunity for him to play some big, meaningful minutes. And you know we'll watch him as the season goes on and see where he's at. But he's a kid that there's uh, there's some there's some good tools there. You know he just needs to reassert to assert himself more in the gym and. And put that work, and I think last year was good for him because uh, I see a, a much higher level of maturity this year, and um, he's really he's doing everything he can to get back. Uh, Sean, uh, finally, I, I assume that you're going to be at least at some of the games at the Summer Showcase coming up. Uh, what's your schedule like from here on out? Uh, obviously, I'm sure you're going to try to get a little bit of downtime, but uh, uh, it, it seems that in the position that you are in and Dan Clary, you guys are ne never rest. Yeah, I know in the summer, you know, we're kind of, listen, it's become a, for, for the players, it's become a 365-day-a-year job, right? So for mm -hmm. us, you know, we're constantly monitoring what those guys are doing. There's some players that, that train Detroit during the year, so we get to look over that. But, yeah, I'll be at every one of these games come, you know, next week here in Plymouth. You know, we'll watch that. And then August is kind of a time where 
that's more of a, you know kind of a downtime for us before we really things pick back up again uh, at the end of August, early September. Once guys get back into town, start skating more often, um, and then we get back. I think it's September fourth up into Plymouth when uh, uh, the Prospect Turn will start. So excited about that. And, uh, yeah, that's about it where we're at right now. All right. Sean, thanks for joining us on the Red and White Authority. I really do appreciate you taking time out. Uh, uh, just uh, enjoy your summer. I'll, I know I'll see you at the Summer Showcase, but uh, uh, thanks again for your time and for your uh, for your analysis. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, sir.